Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Yes, it's Mariners Pod back. Thanks for being here once again. Mariners sweeping aside the Tigers the first three games of this trip. Now we'll take on Cleveland again. It was Cleveland at home last weekend. Cleveland on the road this weekend. We'll talk about the matchup, which was a really good one back at T-Mobile Park. The Mariners taking three of four, but that was an excellent series. A lot of mirror-involved with the two teams going at it, Jim Rosenhaus, one of their great broadcasters, will be our guest here later on in the podcast. We'll also hear from Matthew Boyd, the newest Mariner. Great moment yesterday as he pitched for the Seattle Mariners, his hometown team. Nothing but smiles, high fives, and hugs in the dugout after. We'll talk about, or he'll tell us about uh, his journey. It's been quite a year as he is back in the major leagues and back with his hometown team. We'll talk about that. So that comes up in a few minutes as Shannon Dreyer sits down with the newest Mariners pitcher. In the meantime, this was a fun series against the Tigers, the sweep against Detroit. And all three games had a lot in common, including the long ball. Here's the stretch and the one-two on the way, swinging a drive deep into the gap in left center field. Carpenter going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball. Carlos Santana with a long two-run home run here in the top of the fifth inning. It's now the Mariners nine and the Tigers nothing. And this one cleared the back wall of the original fence. Here's Torres, switch hitter, infield. He drives this one deep to right. That baby's leaving the yard. A two-run homer, Abraham Toro. And the Mariners have a 4-3 lead. Abraham Toro with his ninth home run. RBIs 27 and 28. Jumped on the first pitch from Alex Lang with Frazier at third, and the Mariners back in front. Rodriguez against Rodriguez. Breaking ball hammered. Deep left field. High, far, and way out of here. Oh, baby. Julio. Home run number 22, RBI number 66. Yeah, take your time running around the bases. Yeah, that's good stuff there, folks. I mean, instantaneously, it was just a matter of how far it was going to go. Off the golf there, here's a pitch swung under the left. That's going to take Badu back, back, back. Gone! Home run tied, France! Homers have been a big part of the story. Mariners, one of the highest home run total in the month of August. In fact, if you go back to August 1st now, a little over a month, Mariners have 41 homers just one team in the majors with more. St. Louis 51 in that stretch, but pretty remarkable. 41 homers for the Mariners. They played 
a lot of long ball in Detroit. And they also pitched. Starting pitching was excellent as well. Gilbert, Marco, George Kirby all got the ball. They combined to only allow three earned runs total in the three-game series. In fact, you look at the last 15 games for the rotation, an ERA of 2-3-3, one of the best for any team in that stretch, and just remarkably consistent. The rotation has been excellent for the Mariners. Really, everything going well against the Tigers in that three-game sweep. Keep in mind, too, the Mariners will play Detroit the final series of the season. Four games, or four days, five games, including a doubleheader. They could be huge, depending on, of course, where the Mariners are at. Right now, the Mariners holding the second wild card. They've won four in a row. Tampa playing great. They're holding the first wild card. They've won three in a row. Blue Jays two games behind the Mariners, the third wild card. Baltimore, one and a half behind Toronto. And just like that, Minnesota, three games behind the Blue Jays. And Minnesota just one game in back of Cleveland for the Central. So things very, very interesting. A couple of fun conversations after the wins in Detroit. Here's Shannon Dreyer with Cal Raleigh. All right, I am here with Cal, who got things going in that third inning. And Cal, we've been talking about the pitching and everything that they've been doing for so long. Great to see an offensive day like today. When you have that success up and down the lineup, what does that do for this group? It's you know, it's not easy. You know, when one through nine's hitting and taking tough pitches and having good at bats, uh, it's what we're striving for. And we had a good day today. What was the key to that third inning? I mean, you you got the home run. That was great to see. Then you're in that dugout. Was there a lot of talk? And how to approach batting in that inning? Yeah, I think we're just trying to get a middle, middle, trying to square them up, swinging good pitches, and I think that's what we did today. We laid off the the bad ones, and we took advantage when they're in our zone. O2, was that a matter? You saw that in your zone. What'd you say? The home run. O2, was that a matter of what you just said? You saw that. Yeah, in your it, zone? yeah, it was middle, middle, and you know, I uh, I missed the one before that, and I just tried to get you know on time, and I got a good pitch, and I hit it. How important is it to take momentum? You guys had that great series in Seattle. Big weekend, big crowds, lots of celebration. You want to kind of try and take that on the road. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter who we're playing. All, every game's important. We know that. We learned that from last year. You know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. We don't need to play down to anybody's level or, you know, try to play any better. We just need to come out, play our game every single day, be disciplined, and try to do that. George Kirby has been so fun to watch, and he seems so different in a short amount of time. We've always known that he's a strike thrower, but looks at Robbie Ray, sees he throws a two-seamer. I'll add a two-seamer, too. Then changes the slider as well, and the next thing you know, you look up, he's throwing five different pitches, a fastball he can put anywhere. How much has he changed this year? I mean, it's crazy. You know, he's, give credit to him. He's doing a great job, and, you know, he's not scared of anybody. It doesn't matter. You know, he's a rookie. He's not scared at the moment, and, you know, that's what you want when you get a guy out there. You know, especially when you get late in the season like this, you know. And I'm really comfortable with him having the ball, and it's a lot of fun to catch. It's a lot of fun to watch as well. Thank you, Cal. Thank you. And Suarez, who had nine home runs in the month of August, the most most for any Mariner in any month this season. All right, guys, I'm down here with Eugenio Suarez. And, hey, you like winning games whenever you can be. A special one. This was Scott Service's 1,000th game managing and you're able to hand him a win today. Oh, I, I don't even know about that. It was a special win right now. So, yeah, you know, like what we say, we came here to win the games, and uh, we, we got it really, I mean, like, we connect. We all connect. We do uh, our our team. We do, like, you know, we just want to win the game, and today uh, I give it uh, the lead early in the game, and, uh, you know, he's putting my best win on that 
on that pitch. I wasn't bad pitch, but uh, I was ready to swing and and I was available to hit uh, for homer. So, yeah, win the games. Every time we win is special. Yeah. What are you looking for there, 3-0? I mean, something right there that, that what I can put in my best swing. And I knew he coming with a fastball score. And uh, like I'll tell you, it wasn't bad pitch by him, but I was ready to swing. And uh, that, that, uh, I put in my best swing on it, and I hit it. I was, you know, ready to, to put it in place. So I got that. We saw a little bit of the back and forth today. That's important. You guys know you can score early, you can score late, and you can also kind of come back within a game. Yeah, you know, like I say, we got a really good team, and uh, we play hard every day. We never give up, and uh, we know we can we can score, like you say, early and late. And, uh, you know, that, that that big homer by Toro was, you know, give it the, the, give you the lead, give us the lead, and uh, and then we in the last inning we, we score one more and uh, give it the, the win to – to the team is, is, is special, and we win the series, so it's great for us. The defense seems to almost always be special. You had a, Adam Frazier at shortstop. You're sometimes there in, in the shift, and then you get JP back at the end of the game. But you guys have fun out there, too. I mean, yeah, we got a really good defensive player here. You know, uh, like, uh, like we need a shortstop, we got Frazier. You know, and uh, I was ready to play shortstop, too. That's, that's a really, really good thing when you got a really good uh, defensive players on the team. And... Uh, you know, it, we, we, we've been grinding. We play hard, and uh, like you say, the defense is very important, you know. Like, win games with the, without defense is hard, so we got a good defense, and we play really good baseball right now, and uh, that's, all, that's all that matters for us. You've had a fantastic August at the plate. What's been the difference for you? You know, I just keep my mind strong, and, and I keep my, you know, working on my swing, on my approach. I, I not try to do much in the play, just see the board, and put my best swing on it. That's... That's that's all different. I do been doing it. It's the last day of August. How do you feel about September? I I can't wait. It's September coming. It's a big big month for 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 us and for the team. And uh, you know, keep doing it what we've been doing it and see what happens. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. Say hey, Suarez. I'll send it back to you guys. So a great series for the Mariners. They sweep the Tigers, and part of that, Matt Boyd pitching in a Mariners uniform for the first time. Shandrea, a chance to catch up with the newest Mariners pitcher. Matt, it's great to catch up with you here. It's a little bit of a surprise, but I mean, how nice. This obviously, this place, this building, this organization. I've talked to the Tigers, as do the Mariners, but two kind of worlds coming together here. What's it like to be in the building here today? Man, it's it's really uh, it's really odd, uh, for lack of a better word. It's it's, it's special, and I'm, I'm grateful. It's been a long year, um, and I'm really grateful to just ha- have the opportunity of man saying uh, there's a competition, you know, big league competition in sight. Um, but uh, you know, this is where I really, really grew up um, as a ball player. You know, in terms of my professional career, and my family and I really became went from my wife and I to you know a family of six so it's uh it's special here and uh it's really cool that i get to be part of the Mariners organization which is a dream come true and then and get to you know and then you know get to be on this road trip right now so i'm very thankful i won't we'll get into it at some other time because i'd love to hear more about the organization what what was the biggest thing you took away from the tigers oh man i just you know i i we came into it and we were at the tail end of those uh those those really solid championship teams those you know um so I learned so much from when I first got called up from the Justin Verlanders and the Jordan Zimmermans and the Kinslers and the Uptons and, you know, the Victor Martinez's and, and Miggy and, you know, the list goes on and on. Francisco Rodriguez, just guys that, you know, really helped mold me into the player I am today along with all the coaching staffs. And uh, 
So um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, there's so many things to pull from. I'm so thankful for this uh, this team and, and the coaches and ownership, all the ones that we had all along the way. So I'm, you know, it's uh, you know, I'm truly, truly grateful for the opportunity that they gave me here. It's fantastic. But you are wearing a Mariners uniform, as you said. I, I remember seeing you come through on your first day, and now that it's sunk in, I mean, how do you how do you kind of process? Hey, this was my team. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's really sunk in. You know, every day it's a little bit more, you know, walking in. And today there was a uniform for the first time hanging in my locker, and that was very, very special, you know. So, I mean, that, like, it's, I think once I once I tow it up, it's going to be something. Once I get to run out of the bullpen at T-Mobile, that'll be something. I mean, you know, I you grow up going to the kingdom watching games. Um, you know, it's just like I, I think people sometimes forget how much, like, professional teams mean to – kids growing up and it's like those Mariners teams of the 90s were the foundation of why like I love that's who you want to be in the backyard so um, to get to have a uniform is man it's it's beyond words it's really so who were you in the backyard <laughs> I think it'd probably depend on the day you know I mean I always told my dad when I was uh, growing up that I was like I'm gonna be Ken Griffey in the field and Randy Johnson on the mound and, you know uh, you know that that changed a little bit over time but um you know, I do have a 300 average in the big league, so you know, I, I mean, I, but uh, uh, what it's all, you know, I, I it's it's just fun. You know, it's really cool. What was your most memorable moment watching a Mariners game, either at the Kingdom or Safeco? Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, man. That's probably a whole other interview in and of itself. But I mean, you know, a few that always like pop out that just stand out to me were like. Uh, 2000 when uh, Carlos Guillen dragged Bennett past Frank Thomas to walk off in the BS. Like my dad pulled me out of school that day and we literally sat behind the foul pole in the third deck with our backs against the glass. And like, I remember seeing that and being like, oh my gosh, like, you know, watching them walk off. Like that was, that was special. You know, uh, I got to be there at game five in 95. Like I remember, you know, um, you know, some weird thing. I was talking with my dad about this, like, we were redoing the floors in 1995 when uh, the Mariners had that uh, play-in game with against the Angels, and Luis Soho had like the pseudo in the park home run, you know, with all the airs. And we had my parents' mattress sitting on. I, my dad was shocked that I remember this, but like their their floors were getting done in our house, so they were sleeping in the family room, and we all watched the game on the mattress on our old TV. And he's like, "Wow, you remember?" That? I was like, yeah, "I remember." You know, I think like I think maybe Mark Langston might have even been pitching or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like you know. Yeah, I know, you know, so it's just, I mean, you know, it goes on and on. It's all special to me, and it's just, like, really thankful and grateful that I get to be a small part of what this, you know, winning team is, and uh, we're excited to do my part. Just got just a couple seconds more, but you're healthy. We see you. What, what are you hoping for in the next uh, month? Get out. Do everything I can and get out, whatever capacity that may be in, and, uh, you know, do everything we can to, to win today and, you know, do that over and over again. We have a chance to talk with Jim Rosenhouse, one of our favorites, Cleveland broadcaster. So I want to start with Jose Ramirez, who is, I think, an absolute star in this game. When you talk about best hitters in this game, he is certainly in that conversation. I think he is phenomenal. How big was it for the org this offseason when, hey, it looked like he was either going to be traded, like that was a possibility, but instead he resigns and he's going to be in a Cleveland uniform for a long time. The team is where it is now because of that. I'm convinced of that. Um, there's the obvious part. If they don't sign him and he's traded, they don't have that bat in the lineup, and that's mm-hmm. going to be a struggle for the remainder of the year. So so that's worked out well. But uh, I think it just sent a signal to 
to the clubhouse that, hey, you know, this this is the best player on the team. Let's keep him if he wants to stay here. And and there was a lot of give and take on Hosey's part to do that and, and on on the Guardians' part too. But he means so much to the team. He, he He's their best base runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the play early in the game on, on Thursday, a close play at first base. There's probably some hitters who it's not – it's not a close play at first base. There's no tripping over and, and a collision because the guy's just not there. He's there. Goes from first to third. Anything remotely in the gap is not a single. It's a double. So that's in addition to, to the power. And, and I think you saw, uh, you know, he struck out in that matchup with Munoz late in the game. But what not bad. That's that's why he's here. I mean, you're not always going to win those. But um, he had as good a chance as anybody to try and do some damage against a really good yeah. pitcher. He's got that amazing combo. He's got the power, the extra base hit power, with a minuscule strikeout rate. I mean, he just doesn't strike out. You get a chance to watch him every day. How good of a hitter is he? Well, it's interesting because early in the year, there were several instances where he could have been walked and was not. Mm. And early in the year, nobody knew Quan was going to be what he has become. Oscar Gonzalez wasn't even here. The Guardians are really struggling to find other pieces to that lineup that were consistent. Situations begged to walk Jose Ramirez because why would you let him beat you if no one else has proven that they can yet? And teams would pitch to him, and he would hurt him every time. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I think it's a testament to what you said. You know, He somehow would get good pitches to hit, which seems so unlikely, but he did. That's amazing. You know, it's funny if you wind the clock back to the beginning of the season. I'm not sure I saw anyone on the national stage who did not pick the White Sox to win the American League Central. And Cleveland has been one of the great stories in baseball this year. Outside of Ramirez, who's kind of an obvious answer to this, what's been the biggest keys to Cleveland being where they are? Well, I think they went into the season, and again, spring training, there were very few moves made in the mm-hmm. offseason. So you thought, well, all right, they're going to go young. And that's that's great because their farm system has been very good. And let's get some guys up here and, and see what they can do. And that was what Tito had mentioned, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff. They all said, we're, we're going to commit to these young guys and see what we have. We need to find out. They have of some 40-man roster issues mm-hmm. because there's so many young guys um, that got put on there. So they need to find out about these players. And, and as Tito said, sometimes the answer is no, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and you move on. But they needed to take that time to, to see what they had. So when you hear all that, you're thinking, well, okay, one loss-wise, that might not be, you know, it might not translate to that. But it has because of the way they've played, because of, of Ramirez. The pitching has really come mm-hmm. uh, come on here in the second half. Um, and they've just gotten tremendous contributions from from younger players. Owen Miller got off to a really good start and, and has been fairly steady. Josh Naylor has had some hugely clutch hits. Um, Oscar Gonzalez seemingly coming out of nowhere to, to be a threat in the middle of that lineup. So they've had some things happen that have been really, really good that maybe – you just weren't aware of in spring training or weren't thinking about that have happened. They play the game hard, um, first to third, all that stuff, mm-hmm. extra bases. They put pressure on teams that uh, 
you know, maybe are, are not as careful. So it's worked out, and, and for a while there, they were once a week winning a game in their last at-bat. And I think you guys have seen with the one-run wins. You get that going, and there's a certain confidence that builds, and, and it starts happening day after day, it seems. Yeah, and the formula for the Mariners and Cleveland seems similar in that regard. Cleveland, of course, has an excellent rotation, and the bullpen has been off the charts as of late. Absolutely. And, and again, there's another piece to the puzzle where going into the season, there were some, some known quantities but, mm-hmm. but hadn't proven it over a long season. You know, some of it, you know, they, they might have come up during the COVID year, which was only 60 games, so you don't know how long that's going to last and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's really – there have been some stories in that bullpen that have been really nice to see. Um, Class A has obviously – you guys know with, mm-hmm. with Munoz at the back end. If you have someone that can throw 100 with a nasty slider, that's a, that's a good thing. But um, Trevor Steffen, a Rule 5 kid, now he's getting eighth inning time. Nick Sandlin has come on and done really well. James Karinchek has shown it in the past, but struggled second half yeah. last year and then was hurt first half of this year, and he's come on and, and done really well. So there's others in there too, um, but as a unit, they've, they've really performed well. And as you know, it, it just... It'll make Scott Service's job a lot easier, and it makes Tito's job a lot easier, and they obviously are very good at handling their bullpens. Bigger picture, too, it seems like that's something you can always count on with Cleveland. Cleveland seems to be excellent at developing their pitchers, whether it's starters or bullpen. That seems, when you look at this recent long run for Cleveland, it's been long. Cleveland's been really competitive for a long time, and it seems like that has been the common thread. The, the, especially in the rotation. Well, it has to be because look at what, if you go out and try and buy starting pitching, yeah. the price for that. Cleveland's not buying in that, on, at that store. Right. <laughs> they, they can't go to that store and, and buy the pitching that, that you might want to. But they've done a wonderful job with their development system. They've drafted well. And they, they've kind of identified pitchers that, that they think fit what they're looking for. And, and there's a lot of strike throwing going mm-hmm. on. Um, there's a, a certain pitcher that they look for that, and sometimes maybe it, it's not reflected in how that pitcher performed either in high school or college. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of college pitching that they draft, but they identify one or two things that they think could really look good down the road. And there you go. And I think in Bieber's case, not a first round pick. Now he, he was fairly high, but, uh, just the command was off the charts, mm. and they said, we, we can work with this and, and see where it goes, and it's turned out really well for him. So the development of pitching has been key because if you can develop it and the first six years of their career, it's not going to kill you budget-wise, and, and they've been really strong at that. This is a matchup that we potentially could see in the postseason as well, and there's a lot of mirror involved, I think, when you look at the Mariners in Cleveland. They do a lot of the same things well. When you look at the Mariners... What do you see? Uh, just going through the, the pitching. Again, yeah. I, I think maybe it's because I work for Cleveland and pitching so important that that's the first thing I always look at. Mm. Um, you have a young star, obviously, and that's always fun. Um, and you have that, if Hanniger's coming back here from this injury mm-hmm. and, and doing what he's doing, uh, that's a game changer for the Mariners, I would think. Um, but it seems like they're playing the game really well, too, especially mm-hmm. defensively. And and in today's day and age, you know, so much talk in the offseason during the lockout about, you know, how 
how can we change the game to make it more fun mm-hmm. and get away from the three true outcomes of offense and and put more athleticism in the game and and the Guardians have been that this yeah. year and and I think there's a little bit of that going on here if I'm not mistaken um, so it it's kind of a fun way to watch baseball yeah no not to the same level it is with Cleveland <laughs> yeah. it is that's uh, the contact rates are pretty impressive when you Stephen Kwan seems like. He is representing what Cleveland is offensively in a lot of ways. Well, it, the, Chris Valake is the new hitting coach, mm-hmm. and, and when, when he came in, um, there's others in the, the hitting department. You know, everyone has a department right. now. And, and yeah. so, so the, the group, they got together, and they said, look, here, here's the type of hitters we have, either at the upper levels of the farm system that could make an impact mm-hmm. this year, Quan being one of them, um, or already on the roster. Mm. And... They're taking advantage of that and improving on what's already really good, and and it has paid off. Now it's funny because the Padres series that, that they just had, home runs were key, mm. which hasn't happened a whole lot mm-hmm. this season, but um, it still goes back to contact for for the Guardians offensively, and and they've been great at contact and infield hits at least one or two a game, and it's just because you're you're not striking out. And I know there's a theory of thought, you know. You could ground into a double play, so maybe a strikeout's better. But I think Cleveland prefers to put the ball in play and see what happens. And finally, Cleveland right now doesn't have to worry about the wild card fight in the perch in the central. But how do you look at this fight that's going on between the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Mariners? Because obviously, you're going to host one of them if you end up in that spot. Uh, yeah, and, and any one of the three will be a, a struggle. Yeah. Um, now they just went up. And uh, they had a real good season series, regular season against Toronto. Um, and they played Tampa Bay once already, still have to play them in Cleveland. But really good baseball teams. Mm-hmm. And look, if you make the postseason, there's some good things happening. So obviously every postseason series is a challenge. But uh, it is nice to know that it would be at home. Yeah. And, and that's the, the new format where you get all the games at home. So if they can win the division, they, they feel very good about hosting of an initial series. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.